we're recording so whenever you want to oh. start <laughs> hey everybody welcome to episode number 69 of the fresh mondays podcast we have diana and marley hosting we're so happy to have you back welcome back usually we start the show with my weather update so do you want to hear my weather sure update? sure sure so first off this week extremely hot i'm burning in this apartment like i was never prepared for the summer but shockingly enough and pun intended um i experienced my first earthquake Oh my God, that is the scariest thing in the world. Like all I think of, God forbid, when I hear about an earthquake, it's like the earth is going to split in half and like everybody's going to go down these sinkholes. I, I am so scared, but go ahead. Tell us about that. That's so nuts. That's exactly. I envision it like, you ever seen that movie Dante's, no, Deep Impact? That's what I feel like would be like almost. I've seen Dante speak too though. Dante speak is fire. <laughs> if y'all haven't seen Dante speak. Is it with the guy who plays 007? Who is, is that? Is, is that guy Rocky in it? What's his name? Sylvester Sloan? Or, no, or am I just no. confusing the movies completely? All right. Well, I've seen Dante Speak. I know it's old. Dante movie. Speak is fire. Uh, Deep Impact is, a, is amazing too with Elijah Wood because Elijah Wood was like a heartthrob. And I remember watching it in Dominican Republic. But anyways, in the campo. In Spanish. That, in movies. Spanish. That and Mulan. I only know Mulan in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Um, yeah, my first earthquake, it was around 2.30, 2 in the morning. I had just woken up maybe 30 minutes prior to go use the bathroom. And I was still kind of awake and it was hot and I was moving around in my bed a lot and I was like just moving and moving. And at one point I felt the bed kind of like rock a little bit and I was like, I stopped moving. Like literally, my whole like, I was like, "Am I moving?" Like, a, like, like when you're on a boat, like motion, like that. Almost like a like a soft motion, like if someone was like if you were moving in your bed and your bed kind of like shifted or something. It was something like that. It was just so surreal. Like you're just like I was like, "Am I dizzy? Am I sick? Do I have a headache? Um, did I move? Like you know when you get up too fast." Yeah, yeah it was yeah. like I that. Heard that. I've heard that from people from Cali that it feels like your equilibrium is off. Yeah, you feel completely yeah. off. And for me, it was like, oh, am I good? And it was the longest 10 seconds of life. Wow. And, and, and for me, it was probably somewhere between, lasted between five to 10 seconds, somewhere along those lines. But it was so surreal. Like, you're just not sure of what that was or what it is. Does that happen often in Seattle? Or um, it, Seattle is prone to earthquakes, but I have not experienced any while here. Wow. Okay. Um, and that was the first earthquake. So California experienced theirs that same week. Yeah. In Los Angeles area, and then actually today, uh, my cousin experienced hers in San Francisco. Thanks. Is it because it's so hot? Right. This happens because it's so hot, right? You know what? I don't know. Like I know what has to do. Drift? Yeah, the, the plate tectonics and San Andreas fall. Like, I have to re-up on my geography. Or, wow. is that geography? Uh, I, I, I honestly <laughs> don't think it's geography. But, um, I don't know the exact name. However, um, it's interesting that, correct me if I'm wrong, you've been through a snowstorm. I've been through a snowstorm in Seattle. Okay. I have been through hurricanes in Florida, obviously. So we have three natural disasters that you have experienced. 
hurricanes, snowstorms, and earthquakes. Marley, you are an American, okay? Like you <laughs> experience all across the all country. Across. Everything that happens here, all you need is a flood and you're good, okay? <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> no, God forbid, I'm joking. God forbid. But it's very, um, it's an experience. It's one for the books. And Seattle's been waiting for the big one, as they call it. And they do have active volcanoes surrounding us. Wow. Wow. So I'm just out here, guys, risking it all. I see. <laughs> I'll keep my little rain. You feel me? <laughs> Let me you timed, you're timed and scheduled hurricanes. You <laughs> yeah. know what's coming, what's happening. It's very nerve-wracking, though. I think once now, because I know it's real, because I've always heard about yeah, we get earthquake, we get. But now that I know that it's real, now I guess this week I'm a little bit on edge. I I hear you. I think it's definitely a shocking experience, and thank God nothing too bad happened. And prayers to people who have experienced things. Yes. I've heard that hurricane. I mean, not hurricanes. I'm sorry. I'm so prone. To, I'm so used to saying that. Um, that um, earthquakes are really like life shattering in a lot of situations, and like people's homes collapse and all kinds of stuff happens. So thank God nothing very serious happened. And don't worry, um, you guys probably got your hurricane for the year. I mean, your, damn it, your earthquake for the year, just like your cousin said in San Francisco. Yeah, hope, uh, hopefully that's the last one. And, you know, things happen in threes, and that was all three. So fingers crossed. And shout outs to y'all experience that hurricane season. You got to wait till through November 1st. <laughs> yeah. It's what? hurricane season year round. It's like a month off, the month of, of, of January. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, it's all you get is half of it. So, yeah, yeah shout out to Mother Nature. And we got to take care of her. That's real shit. Yeah, all that recycling stuff that we don't listen to. But um, now, as far as um, everyone who listened to the last episode, number 68, we really want to say thank you. Um, we had Ariel Loren, 100K Incubator. I know everybody checked out the website. We got a lot of love on this one. Um, a lot of women con contacted us and said, hey, you know what? This was a really good episode. I really enjoyed it. I got a lot of good information. Some guys that I know that are really into business, they're like, yo, that was a dope episode. So thank you. Yeah, shout outs to her. I It get, really got me my brain kind of moving. Like, girl, come up with something. <laughs> put together something I know my brain has a whole bunch of different ideas because I do want to experience her app and that network and I always talked about networking connecting with others to make things happen um I really want to experience so hopefully my brain starts cooking and we make some yeah. some shits happen out there that's awesome and for those of you who haven't checked it out just go right ahead and go to our um subscribe first and foremost to everything that we're on um go to any one of our social media pages the links are all there you guys can always catch up and always get a notification when a brand new episode drops if you subscribe to our youtube page or subscribe to us on the apple itunes page as well yes and this episode in honor of the number episode that it is 69 baby <laughs> I would say let's play some R. Kelly, but that's a no-go. So <laughs> I, I hear people have boycotted him. Yes. <laughs> I'm just it's not appropriate at the time in the news. So <laughs> we're gonna pass over that one yeah. and throw some sexy music if it's uh 
Barry White? Or are we too old for that one? Oh, Barry White. Okay, I, I don't necessarily get sexy to Barry, but his voice, I get it, is iconic. I get it. I don't, that's the only thing I can think of associating with sexy that's not Mr. Robert Kelly. So, okay. <laughs> what's, what's another sexy? What do you put on? Um, it depends. I'm like one of those people that I like to listen to like R&B that's like kind of hip hop ish. Oh, okay. Like really cool. I like the upbeat mix. I also, if, if I really want to get mellowed and chilled out, you know, Indie Ari and like that, uh, Lauren Hill and Erica, you know, I'm one of those like old soul type of chicks that likes to like cook and like listen to that and all that. So it's like, you know, if, if I want to vibe out. I like that vibe. See, I just thought those people because that's all that can come to the head at the, my head at the moment. Yeah. But I like, that's, that's sort of along the lines. And yeah, then you are also. And yeah. yeah, you know, you mix it up and it's like sexy chill, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so in honor of episode 69, we are going to have a sex therapist. Her name is Jen. The sex, the sex therapist. therapist. <laughs> that's her name, people. <laughs> And we're going to talk to her about everything sex, everything sexy. Ooh, TLC, let's talk about sex. That's another theme to go in here. <laughs> so shout outs to Jen, the therapist, and this is a great conversation. Enjoy. We're going to welcome our special guest for episode number 69. Ha ha ha. <laughs> we have Jen, the sex therapist. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Jennifer Smith, and I am a sex therapist, marriage and family therapist, and mental health therapist. So basically, I can treat anything you got. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds already, see, I'm already taking these as sexual innuendos of like, take care of anything. Like, I'm on a dirty mind kind of vibe. <laughs> this it, it all goes together, believe it or not. It, it does. Like, people are like, well, how does mental health deal with sex therapy. And I'm like, well, if you're not feeling mentally strong, you're not feeling sexually confident. Um, and then people are like, well, how does the family therapy relate to sex therapy? And I'm like, well, a lot of the times things that happen with your family as a child influences what kind of sexual relationship you have as an adult. Um, and sometimes I get parents on the other side that don't feel comfortable giving the sex education talk to their kids. So they come to see a sex therapist first or a sex health educator to talk about what kind of things they should be including in the sex education talk with their children. So it all relates together in some way. Wow, that's really amazing to hear. And it makes sense. You know, it's one of those things that until you hear someone say it, you don't realize, you know what, that's true. And like, that is something that you should take in consideration. Let a professional have this awkward conversation that <laughs> really don't want to have. So yeah. Okay. Do you have the conversations for the parents or do you teach the parents how to have those conversations to their children? Yeah, they, a lot of parents come and they're like, please come talk to my child about sex. And I'm like, okay, let's back up. Let's think about how awkward that would be for the kid for you to bring them to a stranger's office to then talk to them about sex. But yet you don't want them to go out and talk to other kids about sex. You know what I mean? To get information. I'm like, it, it doesn't work that way. So I bring the parents in first to have a talk with them about what kind of conversation they would like to be having with their child and then breaking down to make it less awkward for them. I feel like most people feel awkward giving the sex education talk because one, they may have not ever had it. Two, they don't really know what's age appropriate. So once we kind of talk about those portions, 
people start to warm up of what is, you know, the most important parts to tell their kids. And so I, I really want parents and, and the kids to feel comfortable with that conversation because it's not just one conversation. It's going to be a conversation that's going to be uh, like changing as they get older. At least I hope that that's a continuous conversation. Right. But I mean, what's really age appropriate nowadays in 2019 with this craziness of access yeah. to information and porn, basically, because that's what I've heard. A lot of younger people learn about sex through porn. So right. it's like, you know, how do you really gauge what is the proper time to have certain conversations now? Well, it's just age appropriate. Like for me, it's like just to have, even people that have babies, I mean, like toddlers, that are doing um, potty training, just telling your child what's the proper name for their genitals, calling it a penis and a vagina. It's just, that's age appropriate, but they need to know. They don't really need to know much more than that at that age, but they at least need to know how to identify their genitals. I mean, we are at a time where there is a lot of child abuse and molestation, and so kids need to be able to identify or tell an adult what if, if somebody else is touching those parts. And most of the time, moms and dads want to call it different names, which doesn't always help when a kid is trying to report something that's happening to them. Um, but age appropriate is like where you see, well, if the kid comes and brings a question to you about something, then you address it in a way that's age appropriate. I don't think like if your kid brings a conversation to you about threesomes and they're 13, you go into a full detail, which, which has happened. So let me just say that. But you may not go into the full detail of why people have threesomes, but you explain what it is and that it's a consensual act between three adults. That would wow. be age appropriate versus saying, well, people do this because they want, you know, like you don't go into the real details about it. But right. it's also good if the child bringing it to you, you assess how much they already know about it before you respond. Wow, you blew my mind with 13-year-olds having threesomes. <laughs> like, that was... I'm not yeah. trying to act naive, but yo, like, that's... Yeah. But again, it goes back to what have they already been exposed to in the home? Right. What have they been exposed to at home? Are they already watching porn? Because if they're already watching that kind of porn, then that's what they're going to assume is sexually appropriate. So yeah. I, it, it just, it really, really depends. And that's why I say, what's the age appropriate... I mean, like, that would be something you wouldn't talk to a normal 13-year-old about, but if that's happening in the home or that's what the child's already participating in, then you need to be willing to talk to them about it. That makes sense, because it sounds then that, like, that child or teenager had already reached a point or a scale within relation to sex, sex in some sort of way really further along than right. someone else's child or someone else's kid. So uh, that makes sense. And then you wouldn't want, like, I mean, I'm... In, in the future for having kids, I would rather have that conversation. And I've seen a lot of my friends um, who are a lot more open with conversations and how they kind of raise their kids and also just in general with general yeah. conversations really approach their kids as young adults in a different fashion than my parents probably would have at that right. time. So that definitely makes sense um, what your kid has already experienced. Kids are so um, exposed to social media now. I mean, you can like watch soft porn even on um on social media now or on if you join a, a fans only page which is only like five or six books so kids have so much more access to watch things that they didn't before so they have a, a whole lot more questions and be a lot more aware of different things that like we didn't have in our own generation 
you know, like we were just getting like instant messenger and like black planet in our day. Like we didn't or like a, a really sketchy email once in a while. That yeah, was like, yeah. You're right. larger, you know, like it was just <laughs> Yeah. So like they're exposed to a lot more. So I feel like parents of this generation have to be on uh, like up to date with the information um, and knowledge of, of different sex education things to just talk to their kids about because it's, it's happening a lot more frequently. So how does, for those people who are struggling with this specific process mm -hmm. and like they don't really know how to open the conversation, um, do you have like a suggested way to ask the question, like a safe way to say the question in a way that the child doesn't feel like they're gonna get in trouble. Cause I think a lot of it is like, oh, I don't wanna get in trouble. And I don't wanna like necessarily say something and then it bites me in the ass and I can't use my phone no more. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. they're gonna think three times before they even really give you the real, real answer. Like, is there like a, a suggested way to ask the question in a safe way that you would recommend? Yeah, I think that there's a few different ways to approach it. I think that kids that are at least under 17, parents should be monitoring the phone. You can have your, you can put an app on the phone where you're able to look from your phone onto your child's phone, what pages they're opening up. What do they have access to? You could set, you know, like different closed sites on their phone so if they're not able to access porn sites or um, even like, um, you know, like other sites that they could pay for sex or something like that. Like you can block that stuff. I think parents should be doing that at least. Um, and I know a lot of parents don't want to because it's privacy, but I'm like, your child's under seven, under 18, they don't have privacy <laughs> in, my, in my book. Right. In my book. And, and texting is a whole nother thing. I, I'll talk about that in a minute. But the safe way to ask is if your child comes and brings something up to you, don't sh shut down and don't shun them away as if like it was inappropriate for them to ask that because then they, 10 times likely they won't come back to ask you anything else. So you have to be receptive to what they're saying or asking about and just be approachable. Be approachable and just feel, you can go ahead and break down later but in front of them, like just accept what they're saying and listen and try to find a way to respond that's appropriate for that time. But if you want to ask your kid, and it depends, like if it's something sexual related or, you know, you can just ask, like, you know, I really want to make sure that we have clear communication about where what you're exploring so you know have you been thinking about sex or you know have you been masturbating or watching any porn like you don't have to come at them aggressively you can just make it conversational it's it's, it's learning lessons to for when we become parents ourselves so this is really like informational in a sense for a lot of others yeah. but not even like sometimes you might even be the cool aunt or the cool older cousin right. You know what I mean? Which I've noticed in a lot of situations that a lot of us out here, we're like aunts more than we're moms in a lot of situations because right. it's like people are taking a little bit more of their time before they start establishing their own families. So it's like you kind of want to be prepared to kind of be the cool person in that individual's life. So you have to know how to approach it. You can't just be like, oh, I'm a snitch if you like came to me and you also can't be super liberal like there has to be some type of a understanding of what's appropriate and i think what you're doing oh. is is phenomenal because it's like this is a real thing this is mm -hmm. a very real thing and it's like it's interesting because i was having this conversation with my private circle of friends and you know 
um, even in my relationship, since I have a relationship with a person that has sons and has boys, I need to start talking to people that are around that. Cause it's yeah. like, you know, I need to know what's appropriate and what isn't like, should I be freaked out? You know, that these boys might be having certain feelings. Like I need to know that this is real. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm like, be prepared for what's really going to happen. So I think it's, it's, it's about time that there's an option for people to speak to a professional and say, Hey, you know, what should I say? I've, I've just realized my kid is doing a lot more than I thought they were. Yeah. Far more advanced or far yeah. more ahead than what you thought they were. But a lot of parents are afraid to say that or ask that because they don't want to know. They feel like if I don't know, then it's okay. But those are the kids that end up pregnant or, you know, in, in unhealthy relationships or, you know, and we don't want that. We want to be preventative as much as possible. And I think, um, you know, if you have a, a small group of friends that are all parents, right? and all of you are are unsure of how to give that talk, invite a sex health educator or a sex therapist over to just have the conversation with all of you as a group. That takes the tension away, that puts everybody at ease, that like other people in the circle are also going through the same thing. And we're all here to gain new information and knowledge so that we can help talk to our kids about it. But I think it's important for those conversations to be happening with other friends that are parents, for sure. Right. So let's get to kind of like the start of everything. How did you get into this realm of becoming a sex therapist? Um, Well, it's it's funny because like people say like you go and seek the career, but for me, like this career found me. Um, I used to be a communications major and like public relations was my thing. And I ended up having to do like in, in my bachelor's program I had to do radio or tv so I decided to do radio and the show I was on was a sex talk radio show and I was like like Dr. Drew love line yeah it's a love love line the show was actually called love line but it was enough I learned about love line when like you're late at night watching MTV when you're a teenager right (laughs) like right like we're talking about teenagers and middle schoolers and that kind of thing that's when I was watching Love Line, having no idea what the hell they were talking about. Right. Right. And learning and learning. And learning. <laughs> hearing words, just little things that you ne- I would never hear at my house, ever. Why well, used to sneak, I used to like stay up late and like sneak downstairs to go ro- watch Dr. Ruth. Wow. So like that's kind of like, like I always felt fascinated by watching her and listening to her and like this old lady was just such a badass and like yeah. didn't hear what people thought. Um, She's always been old too, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Right? Oh <laughs> right, right. Always been old. Yeah, yeah, like, back then, I thought she was like elderly, and like yeah. now, I'm like, <laughs> lady is still elderly. How how old is she? Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so in college, I ended up getting on the sex talk radio show, and I just ended up falling in love with the content of talking about sex, love, and relationships. And that was the nature of the show already when I got on it. And I just, it was a student-run local radio station. And um, so that's what we talked about on the air. And, like, everybody on campus would listen and call in and, you know, like, ask for advice or say, like, hey, I tried that thing that you told me about last week and it worked really good. And, you know, or, or people will call and ask me about, dip, like, different positions or toys or something. And, 
I would be like, I don't know, I'll go try it this week and I'll let you know <laughs> on next week's show. I love the research for your profession. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, I'm like, I, I, I like to commit. I like to commit and I like to give real information to people, you know, and like that was way before I ever knew I wanted to be a therapist. Like that, that, that show found me and it changed my life. It changed the whole direction in which my life went. I had the, short, the show for four years and um it ended up being like more than than that for me so like I did the show and I gave advice and then I was like um we had you know that's when like the romance parties were going on like the sex toy parties were like really the passion parties were really popular yes that's when they were real popular so we used to have this lady come to campus and she would do the parties and then one day I asked her and I was like you know I really don't think that it's fair that we only do these parties for girls. I was like, I, you, I promote this party on the air. I was like, and I just don't understand why we're not under, we're not inviting their partners to also come to the party because that's all we would do. And at those parties was like, she talked to me about how to use it with your partner. And I'm like, it's more helpful if the partner is actually here for you to explain it. So I started hosting co-ed sex toy parties on campus. So like you could only come if you were in a relationship and you had a partner. And so we would maybe take like 12 to like 15 couples and they would come and she would sit there and educate all of them. And, you know, and then it turned into like, people would come to those, but then people would hit me up and be like, hey, like me and my boyfriend are having issues. Like, do you think you could counsel us? So I would like counsel people in my dorm room. I'm like, I don't know much more than y'all, but because I was like the voice of the campus with my show, like, people trusted me and like I never took that for granted like even though I was like super young I still knew like it was a big responsibility to deliver accurate information to people on the air but to also really be present when talking to people like when they were coming to me for advice um so yeah so like that's kind of like how I got my start and then like I graduated and I got a job writing a sex advice column for a magazine and that was probably one of the scariest things I've ever done was like, right. I was just like, I don't know that it's going to translate the way that you talk on air to people, you know, because I still like to make it a conversation. It's a different and vibe. Ri- writing is a totally different vibe. And I like was against it when they first asked me and they were like, it's what you do on air, but in print. And I was just like, I don't know, like maybe, but it was like a men's run magazine. And I was like the only female like writer and, I was like, "Eh, I don't know. And I was like, I'll do it, but I don't want my picture in the magazine. I want like a pseudo name. I didn't want people to associate me with it. So I did it like that for over a year. And then I was like, okay, you can put my picture and my name in there. So, and then like after doing that for four years. It was like you were afraid of people knowing that it was you or because you didn't, like, why were you hiding who you were in the beginning? Because for me, like, I'm so big on content. And I just feel like when people start to know who you are, it, it like, dumbs down, like, the content. Like, they want to see what you look like and, like, what you're wearing and, like, how can they sexualize you in this role. And, like, for me, I wanted people to always be focused on the content. That's one of the reasons why I really fell in love with radio is because this, that was before people knew what you look like. You know, right. most of the people that we knew back in the day on air, you never knew what these people looked like. Right. And so, like, I liked that because I could be me, 
who I wanted to be off the air. I didn't have to be this personality. True. And like that was, and for the long time on the radio, people didn't know it was me because I had a pseudo name. And then I used that same name when I started writing. And I still wanted people to be focused on the content. Um, and, and, I, and I was very afraid of what my family would think and, you know, like how that might affect me getting jobs because like I wasn't doing that as my full-time job. Right, so like, I'm, it, you know what I mean? Like those were yeah. all things I, I considered. And then once I kind of like got in the groove and feeling more comfortable with where I was, then I was okay with my picture being in there and you know people seeing who I was and that just like was an evolution for me like writing got me to be a lot more creative when it came to delivering information to people um, and which would ultimately led me to wanting to be a therapist. How did your family receive it when they realized yeah. that your craft is sex? <laughs> my, my mom thought it was like the biggest phase she was just like this has got to be a phase and I pray that it'll be over soon um which is the wish she literally prayed about for like 10 years <laughs> wait what's your what's your what's your background your ethnicity like what's your background because uh, I'm, I'm black okay because I know my Dominican mom will be praying all day <laughs> My grandma, I can't, you can't tell my grandma because she might pass out dead or something. Like, <laughs> like, you know, when you start just like, oh, we're going to have to keep this real low. Yeah. People, yeah. That's what you do. You do marketing. <laughs> right. Right. That's why I ask. Because some people, just, some cultures be like, no, 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 nobody knows. Right. Yeah, no. it's a big deal. We keep yeah. it and, my, and it's crazy because like my family is like very outgoing and like they talk about sex all the time, but my mom is probably the most conservative person in our family. So like she was like, I didn't raise you. She raised me to be very informed and knowledgeable about sex. Like I contribute a lot of my sex education to her. But she made sure I had books and like I went to workshops and seminars to learn about it that was age appropriate. But when it came to like now that being empowered in me as an adult, I want to go help her too. Like that's, that was not my plan. Um, it is. She just thought it was a big phase. Um, and then surprisingly, everybody else in my family was like very supportive and thought it was great and thought like that people should be talking about it. And like, why not you? So for her, she probably, her and my brother probably had the hardest time. Like most, I feel like if I had a sister, she would have been like thrilled that right. I had access to all this stuff. My brother <laughs> looks at it as like a con. He's like, oh, like. Here she is again, walking around with a bag of condoms, like, she's like embarrassed by me. <laughs> but that makes sense. I kind of get it. You know, you're his sister. Like, you know, you know how yeah, brothers are. Brother's scared. I know, but I'm like, listen, like, I'm, you always going to come, like, any girl you ever meet, like, you are going to come with your A game, because I'm going to tell you about the best place to right. take her out on a you date. You don't thank me, okay? Right, exactly, exactly. I'm, I'm, I have, like, an endless supply of lubricant and condoms, like, that is every boy's dream. Like, right. I mean, the only thing that we all have in common is sex. Right. Yeah. That's the only thing that we all have in common. We all have little yeah. body parts that tingle in certain moments when certain people trigger certain things. And that's the right. one thing that as a human race, we all have in common. So I feel like this is a subject that's not going to go anywhere. And it's like, yeah. it just is what it is. It's so awesome to just learn how to do better. Like I, what I think yeah. is the best thing about sex therapists is that obviously I'm speaking from a, a, a certain pool, which is a pool of people in a relationship. So it's like, you yeah. want to learn 
how to make the best out of what you have because you want to be the best at it. You feel me? It's just like, it's like having a job. Like you want to learn how to perfect the skill. You know what I mean? So I think it's pretty cool that there's people out there that give people that guidance. And I know you do workshops and all those things. <laughs> so I think it's extremely interesting to even know that this is something that people can go do. And I think it would be really cool if you kind of explain to us some of your workshops and what they entail and what it is and all that good stuff. Yeah. Like, for me, I always try to normalize sex. Like people, it's funny because like when I try to collaborate with other people, they're like, oh, but I don't want to put sex on the flyer. And I was like, well, why do you want me? Because like, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to normalize. Like that's my mission is to normalize sex because we all got here because somebody had sex. You want to have a baby? You got to have sex to do that. Like it also is part of your physical and mental health to have sex. So like, why not? Why can't we normalize it? Why does it have to be such a taboo topic? And so like, that's really the mission behind wanting to do uh, workshops. Like my business is called Successful and I have a business partner. And um, a couple years ago, we were talking about, you know, some of the issues that we see in, in women, like in me doing therapy and she's a sex health educator. And women were just, talking about how they hate giving oral sex to their partner. They don't like it. They're forcibly doing it. Um, or they're doing, you know, they're not doing a good job at it because it, it's just so distasteful for them. And so we were like, well, let's create a workshop that actually encourages and empower women to do it, but also find ways and give them techniques to make it pleasurable for them. So we teach a workshop called With That Mouth Do. And it's a fellatio workshop. <laughs> I need I need the name to be said one more time. <laughs> it's called What That Mouth Do. Okay. And um it's 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 a class like we really go in in this class of teaching everything. We talk about consent, anatomy, because anatomy of the penis is really important, I think, for anybody that's given oral sex, like from um on a man. Well, both partners, you should know their anatomy but we teach consent, anatomy, we teach about technique, we teach about different things, to um, different lubricants to use that make it taste better for you and helps you prevent locked off. Talk about spitting, swallowing. I, we teach you how to put a condom on with your mouth. Like our class is like very, yeah, yeah. Our class is, yes, our class is very inclusive. Like we have, our class always ranges from people that are virgins people that have worked in porn so like we our class always has a big diversity and it's all ages like we've had people as young as 20 to 65 so our our class is um very inclusive but we and, and in the class we talk a lot about the shaming that comes amongst women because we were finding that different groups of girlfriends either weren't having the conversation of like you know like empowering each other sexually you know like yeah, like, well, when's the last time you and your man had sex? Or like, have you been trying anything new? Or hey, we tried this. Like, have you tried it? Like, those conversations weren't even happening. Or on the flip side, they were happening, but girlfriends were shaming each other from doing things. And then that's why women stopped wanting to perform oral sex because their girlfriends told them it was nasty or like they shouldn't be doing it. And it's like, why? Why are what we doing is, this? What is the number one common mistake that that women do when performing oral sex? Um, I would say not even a mistake. It's just that they don't want to do it because they feel like there's no pleasure in it for them. 
they feel like it's very one-sided sexual act. And like, that's exactly what we teach in the class is teaching the women about really how much pleasure they, they should be having because they're in complete control. They're in complete control in that, um, in that sexual act. And so we empower them to feel the control, you know, like literally knowing that you have him by the balls, literally. And like you hold all the control, you control how he climaxes, how intense it might be, how soon it might be, like you control everything. And so we really want to empower them to know that this is something that is pleasurable for you if you like to have control. So um, do you have like props where the girls can like learn this or you have like a slideshow? Like how exactly? No, no, no. We definitely <laughs> don't use a slideshow. Um, we actually, they actually practice on cucumbers. And so, and we use cucumbers because one, they come in different sizes. So we bring all different sizes because we know that some people's partners might be bigger and smaller. Um, but we also want you to see that if you're, you, if there's teeth marks on your cucumber, that means that you're not opening your mouth wide enough and that you might've actually injured your partner. Because like, we are very, we want people to know like you can injure your partner and like, what was a good blowjob you gave to somebody else may not be good for your new partner. You're gonna get, it's, it's gonna have to change. And, so, and that's one of the things I find most about women is they're not willing to change it up or actually learn new things that their new partner is telling them. They just wanna stick to what they already know and what was working in their past relationship. I think sometimes women, we get lazy. Like we're like, yeah. I think sometimes we put in like, you put in so much effort sometimes in certain things to like right. please your man. And maybe he does for you at the same time. But I guess sometimes we really do. I think it equally, we can all agree. We sometimes lazy it out. Like, yeah, let's get it going and moving. So that is interesting to be a reminder that you have to also be of pleasure to your significant other. It's like it's, a, totally. it's both ways. Like, right like i'm a, like in a relationship in general working things out is both ways so you totally. have to satisfy each other in both ways so i find that very intriguing um i want to talk about you mentioned consent and i find that majorly important nowadays yeah. especially if you're a single person who's kind of out in the dating scene those kind of things and even teens because we were talking about teens before mm -hmm. um is is that a major topic you realize you notice recently like in given times and things have kind of changed a little bit um of what some consider you know um unspoken consent right like if right. it's an appropriate word I can't even think of it yeah yeah I think so it's funny because when we bring up consent in the in the fellatio class women are like why do I have to ask him for consent and I'm like I'm sorry do you not like for somebody to ask for your consent before they do something sexually to you you know, like it's, it, it's still to them, it's still kind of one sided too. And I was like, no, like, you don't know what someone's been through, you know, which is some of the other conversations, side conversations we end up having in the class is, you know, some women are like, well, my man doesn't like it. And, and I'm like, well, have you asked, has he had any sexual trauma? Because maybe that's why he doesn't like it. You know, like he could have been molested or raped. Your man was incarcerated and he might have been raped in prison. That might be something he hasn't disclosed yet. Like there are different things that I'm always asking because you don't know what someone's history is until you start asking them. That's why it's important to ask for consent. You right. don't want to do anything that, that, that they don't want. 
Um, and then, so we all, we talk about consent also. It's important to say that men have rights too. I'll say that. Yeah. yeah. Think, uh, we, you know, we at times, we, we play our female card really hard and mm -hmm. we don't, we feel as if they're not human. Like they're like just objects and we don't expect them to have their own things and say hey i'm not ready or i'm not comfortable like you know they, yeah. they have the right to say that as well and that's a right. major factor in mental health too because you mentioned that you put the tie of the two together so that does have a connecting factor with mental health within men also in general yeah absolutely and so we also talk about consent in the class because one of the classes we did in miami we had a, a um a woman that her husband actually had signed her up to take this class and had been forcibly making her give him oral sex for the last few years. Oh, wow. So we talk about consent now because so many women don't know that spousal rape is a real thing. And it's not something often talked about or recognized in different states. So we talk about consent now that if you don't feel comfortable doing something like this, don't do it. So that's something that we talk about because we don't want women forcibly giving oral sex or to know that if somebody's making you, uh, is forcing you to do it, that's not appropriate either. Yeah. Even, so if it's like, even if it's your husband, right. You don't, right. So we've had to really expand certain things because of different top, different things that have come up during the workshop that we just like <laughs> never anticipated um, would come out. Okay, so at your workshops, I think that that's, that sounds like it's something that goes well with like wine. I'm assuming that there's like, <laughs> there's like some drinking involved. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yes, we, 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 yes, we encourage, we usually have drinks there. So, you know, the women can have a cocktail and a cock. <laughs> you know, like we want, we want women to feel loose and enjoy themselves. So yeah, there's usually drinking involved. Um, our other workshops, so we do with that mouth do workshop, we have an intimacy foreplay um, workshop for couples. We do, a, um, I do a sex and self-esteem workshop. We do a masturbation workshop, orgasm, and then just regular sex education. And these are all separate workshops or with yeah. the one? No, 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 they're all separate. Okay. So if you, yeah. depending on what you're kind of interested in or what you're looking for, you have various options for that. Right. And so to book a session with you, I guess more, cause I you do my question. Correct. You do mental health therapy or counseling as well. So yes. is that, that's a separate session, I assume, or like one-on-one -on -one sessions with you in regards to kind of sex therapy. Does that include yes. couples as well? If someone wanted to bring their significant other. Yes. Can I have conversations with? Yes. Yeah. They can book individual sessions with me. Um, I do Skype sessions. And so, yeah, they can book individual sessions with me. And I'll So what about for, uh, for all the single ladies or just the ladies that <laughs> need a little bit of up, uppers, you know what I'm saying? What's a good yeah. like toy? What's something you recommend for the ladies? Ooh, um, there's levels to that. Let me say <laughs> there are levels to toys. Depending on what expert you are. <laughs> We're going yeah, from right, right. to like double-sided dildo. The rabbit, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Like there are different things for different levels. Yeah, like I think like a bullet, um, which is also known as a pocket rocket, I think that's a great like start-off toy uh, because it could be, it could use the, could be used during clitoral stimulation or vaginal stimulation. 
Um, so I think that that's always like a good toy to just start off for beginners. I mean, obviously as you progress and what you like, you can get some that go internally, some that actually go inside your vagina and on top of your clit, you can some that go in your anus. Like there's different toys for different levels. I think you have to find what makes you feel comfortable. Some people like to get toys that actually look just like a penis. And some people want to get one because it just looks pretty. So like you have to, you have to figure out what you like. But this is one of the things that I just did. I just collaborated for a workshop about a month ago um, in Miami at Guilty Pleasures where we had a girls night out at the, at the sex shop because there were so many women that had never been to one. And so I think that's a fun night to do either by yourself or with a couple girlfriends. Go to the sex shop, explore the toys, look at them, touch them. Most of them are all charged up. You can see what has the strongest speed or something that, that fits good for you so that you can see actually what you like and what you're comfortable with using. I is think it, that's is it bad to use a vibrator too many times. That's a question that I know I've had even amongst my own friends that it's like, yeah, you don't want to become desensitized. Cause I like, you know, not to put anybody's business out there, but I had a friend that she was, you know, kind of addicted, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. she was concerned that, that she was, it wasn't going to be the same cause she was going to start sleeping with this guy again and whatever, right. whatever. So she thought that it was like, you know, that that's the only thing that can work for her now because now she just has this extremely powerful mechanism that's right. providing her pleasure. Like, is there, is there too much, you know what I'm saying, as a woman? Yeah, I think that it's a balance. Like when you're about to, when you know you have a new partner, that's when you have to set some boundaries and with yourself and, and just kind of stop using it or wean yourself like less and less. Um, before actually being intimate with him. So that way you are stimulated by him, but you have to kind of cut down on how much you're masturbating um, with the toy in between that time and when you actually have sex with him. I think that like it, it's a balance for sure because like, yeah, like these vibrators are like God-given gifts. Like they do amazing <laughs> things that just men just can't do. Like it's just amazing. So like, you yes you I mean like I, some people take better care to their vibrators and they do like they pet like they like wash them off and sleep with them and put them in a little case like yeah like so you, know, you want to find a balance what you say no I when you were talking about like washing off and cleaning hygiene is a big thing I think some people yeah. forget you actually yes. do need to take care of your tools that you right. use just as much as you need to take care of yourself in any right. other way shape yeah. or form i think that's like always a cup like i was watching one video where it was mentioned maybe it's like amber rose or somebody like that where she talks about like no don't touch mine she was showing right. up and she's like you don't know if it's been cleaned yet like you don't know if my doodle has been like washed off and sanitized like picking lint off of it <laughs> <laughs> like, don't touch my shit i'll get you right. something else like it was interesting so it's, do you share that also? Do you remind people about hygiene, yes. about self-hygiene, as well yes. as hygiene in the tools, whatever that you use as well? Yes, I, I talk about that all in all of the um, workshops that we do because like even having sex or especially oral sex with people, um, we're very big on hygiene and talking about like showering beforehand and after, making sure that some people are washing their hands even because it's just like, there's so many germs. Um, you know, we talk about cleaning your toys and talking about different products that you can use to clean them. I mean, you can use just regular soap and water, but depending on different toys are made of different materials, 
soap and water might not do it. You can use different cleansers that they have, which you can buy at the sex shop or you can buy online. So there's different things that you can use to make sure you clean them. And they have even special cases now that you can put them in that also protect them from contracting like germs or, you know, like other things that might be around in your home. So we're, we're very big on that. And even um, hygiene, we talk about, because uh, one of the big things that we talked about in the Felicio class, and even with guys, uh, the spitting. Spitting on the genitals. I know that's what is cool in porn, but <laughs> the amount of germs it holds and can, like, for women, is bad for us because it throws off our pH balance, can create a yeast infection. If somebody's saliva is is dirty, right? And saliva is dirty. So that's why we always advocate to use lubricant during oral sex and during intercourse because it's safer, it's cleaner, and it makes everything feel just as good as spit. Do you <laughs> it's probably better. Do you recommend for a woman, like in your sex class, for the woman to involve the testicles when she gives head, or is that something that she should also ask consent? If she yes. decides, okay. Yeah, we ask them to have <laughs> consent. <laughs> yeah, right. No, we no, we ask them to, to ask for consent too because that might make someone feel uncomfortable too. Like they may have an issue with that or it doesn't feel good to them or they don't like it. So like definitely we ask them to like have that conversation first before going there. Um, some men, it might be, they might feel like you're reaching a little bit further. Right, exactly. And they're so like sensitive about that. Right. Like men who aren't really with like confident within themselves, I would say in a sense. Yeah. Can I go back to lube for a minute? Cause I actually, yeah. I brought, I put, I forgot some samples. So <laughs> in, in the class, we, we actually use wicked lubricant, which is, um, it's a vegan based lubricant and you can find them at online. You can go to wicked.com on Instagram or on their website or like on Amazon. Um, and they, so like it's vegan based, so it's very safe because the most, a lot of women were telling us like, Oh, I don't use lubricant because it has, um, too much sugar in it, which also cre create a yeast infection or throw off our pH balance. So, um, because this is vegan based and it's water based, it doesn't do that for us. We can use it during oral sex and vaginally, and it's not going to do that for us. So we always recommend this. It comes in like 12 different flavors. They're really good. Sometimes you can mix two together and get a whole different flavor. So like, I love it. It, it makes it really good. And they come in these cute little black packs. So you can just stick them in your purse and like he would not even know that you're going to use it. Very discreet. Yeah, it's, it's a very discreet. And then like, um, we, we also use one um, condoms and lubricant. So like these are their, their different lubricant samples that I usually give out. And these feel just like natural wetness, but actually go a little longer. Like you could keep going multiple rounds on this kind of lubricant. Um, and then we use one condoms in the class um, because these come in 12 different sizes. The brand is one? Yes, the brand okay. is one, which is actually really popular in Miami. Uh, one condom because, you know, um, the HIV rate is so high in Miami. One condoms is actually like a sponsor. So you can find one condoms free all through Miami. At like a lot of different stores, they have them free on the counter. Or you okay. can go to the local health department and they give one condoms and um, Trojans and Magnums out. 
Oh, wow. That's really good. To, that's good information for everyone's out there. You know what I'm saying? You can never be too safe. I, I think that's awesome that they give that away because STDs is not something people like to talk about, but it's reality and it's life. Yeah. It's really, yeah. yeah. Have you talked to couples and how to deal with the one who has an STD? So like, does, does that happen often? Like, how do you host, how do you have those conversations or how do you guide that? I don't get it. A, I don't get it a lot. Um, it really depends on like if the other person also contracted the STD from that person. That's usually when it comes up um, because usually the other partner doesn't even know. Um, so it gets awkward. But I'm, you know, but I'm like, if you're here and you're making a commitment to stay together, then there's a have to be a level of acceptance of, well, we weren't protecting ourselves, and you know, the the other person, if you know, like wasn't clearly protecting themselves and that's maybe how they brought it into the relationship. So we, I try to focus more on the issues of why that person was cheating in the first place than the actual STD, because I'm not medical. I'm not a doctor. I try to keep the medical stuff medical and I deal with the issues that just happened to had come up because it was sexual related. Gotcha. Makes sense. This is so like, the conversation of sex needs to be, as you get older, you becomes more free flowing for yeah. a lot of folks and a lot of people. I think in, like you were talking about going to a sex shop. I remember going to like the hustlers at the beach because <laughs> one of my friends was really into like, ooh, I want to get something cute and sexy. And you're like 20. Yeah. <laughs> Relax, <laughs> like calm down, like whatever. But now as an adult, like you really are like, okay, I need to know about my, you learn about your body and yeah. what you want, what you're looking for in a person and what you find as pleasure. So like your whole perspective on sex uh, changes. changes as you get older. So I find that yeah. just- Or even the topic of masturbation wasn't something that was freely spoken about when I was a teenager. Like it wasn't right. something that like was free, willy nilly, comfortable, just, you know, it wasn't. I didn't grow up in that type of environment. And like my parents never even discussed it as if it was even something that I would desire you know what I'm saying like they they right. made it like out of sight out of mind it's not possible my kids never gonna want to do that so it wasn't even a subject so it's like I had to learn those things on my own through yeah. discovery through whatever and it's like I think that a lot of uh women specifically might have a challenge with with really knowing what it is that they like or what absolutely they because they're not masturbating right and it's like yeah. they don't even know and then like a guy finds out for you and it's like right that it's just this whole other thing I feel like in, even in my personal case, I wish I would have been more educated before me becoming sexually active because I feel like yeah. that would have just helped me just know what I want. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how right. to explain that. It's yeah. a, it takes time. But the things that never get talked about in sex education, masturbation, anal, oral sex, or orgasm. Those are the four things that are never covered in sex education, which are huge parts of sex. So, okay, cool. So girls night out, sex therapy classes, yeah, you know, getting convincing your significant others to say, "Hey, let's do this together. This might be good." Um, you know, keeping things alive. I'm assuming that some of the couples there are also couples who just want to kind of bring the sexy back to the relationship. Yeah, mm -hmm. because you know, you, you you I can only imagine if you've been together, let's say, ten years. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to see how you can make it a little fun again. You know what I mean? So it's like, right. um, is it is it an environment where? you know, you kind of discuss what's lacking in the relationship or is it, is it more of a, of a, here's things that hurt, that work. You know what I mean? This is how you spice up your relationship. Is it that type of thing? Just so I can paint a picture. 
so people can come and join. Yeah, when well, like if people so in a session, people that are coming and wanting to talk about what um, you know, like they want to spice it up. So yeah, we talk about things that are currently working. I try not to harp so much on what's not working because we're trying to build on what's working and what more they want more of. You know what I mean? So I try to focus more on that and let, unless the things that are not working are, in, you know, like not causing them to have sex in the first place. <laughs> Sometimes that's the issue. Um, so I try to keep it positive and stay on solution focused stuff. Like what could we be doing? What do you want more of? What do you want more of? And how do we meet in the middle of achieving what you both want? Um, now in the workshops, we're, we are talking about everything. We're, cause we're, we really want people to w walk away with a better understanding of how they can connect with their partner more sexually, or even just on a more intimate level of understanding what they're thinking about, or if they just slightly need more affection during the day. It doesn't even have to be sexually related, but it's just like, you know, like I just feel disconnected. We don't even touch each other anymore. We don't talk. You don't give me compliments. Like we go more in depth of that form of intimacy. And then we talk about how you could connect more sexually. But I can see that a lot in our workshops, um, parents, people that are new parents or have multiple kids and they just simply don't make the time to connect with each other and have sex. Yeah, you definitely got to make time for your significant other. That is a yeah. a major piece to make anything happen. I see. Yeah. That's super awesome. Like, I know I'm super excited. I know I want to go to your next class. I love <laughs> this entire vibe, industry, just effort. I think it's amazing and I think it's important. And yeah. um, I think that at the end of the day, you know, you, you got to make life fun for you. So Totally. You know what I mean? Like go out there and have a great time. So how do people find out about your next events when it's coming to a city near them, how they can follow you, how they can register, all that other good stuff. Okay. So you can find me on social media at sex therapist, Jen, just sex therapist, J E N um, on Instagram, Twitter. Um, and on Facebook, you can just find me under Jennifer Smith. And you can, um, on all of those, you can find out where my next workshops will be. But in September, I'll be performing. I don't want to say performing. I'll be teaching at Exotica. <laughs> performing sounds a whole nother. Yeah, Exotica is a whole different vibe. Um, and for those who don't know what Exotica is, it's, it's like, it's one of the biggest porn conventions in the country. Oh. And so um, it will be in Miami the weekend of September 7th. And I'll be teaching with that mouth food class there on Friday night, which is ladies night. So all the ladies get in for free. So you can come take the class there for free. But the room is like the last class we've had at Exotica had 250 people. So if that's too many people for you to be in there, you know, with, you can come. We're going to have a private workshop that weekend at Guilty Pleasures. So if you want to find out more information about the private workshop or about Exotica, you can hit me up at sex therapist Jen on Instagram. Um, we'll be in New Jersey in November teaching Exotica uh, up there as well um, at What That Mouth Do. But we'll be doing other workshops um, back and forth. I'm, I just recently moved to Washington, D.C. from Miami. So I'll be back and forth between D.C. and Miami. But we're always down to travel. So if you have a venue and some people that you'd like to ha have this workshop for hit us up and um, we'll make it happen. That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. This is very like 
knowing this is a profession that people can really like just participate in or like you can find someone to talk to casually like talking to you just like lacks of days ago like you're just having the conversation so I'm sure you're a great person to to visit oh thank you thank you but that's why I wanted to be though I want people to not feel like it's something that's so far-fetched I you know it's just it's just conversation that's it yeah and talking to like Dr. Dr. Roof like some old (laughs) a little bit much yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. looks like you and kind of you know has us you get it thank you so much for joining us oh thank you so much for having me absolutely i think that it was extremely interesting i'm sure that in the future we'll cross paths again and maybe you'll be a returning guest with some new information for our listeners for one of your other workshops um i think that it's really awesome to meet a confident woman that's like (laughs) not shy you know, and like, and talk about these subjects that a lot of women are really shy about. So I really appreciate it. And I think it's awesome. And I know that not only women go to your class, I'm sure gay guys go there too. Yeah, they do. (laughs) You know, we kind of feel so united with the gay population as well, because gay guys are awesome. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's just so, it's such a, it's like, it's like a sisterhood type of feeling. It's pretty cool. Totally. Yeah. Whenever we, we occasionally have like one or two come to our workshop and we're like more than happy that they're there and I feel like a badge of honor. I'm like, listen, it's, it's the gay guys that come in to learn how to suck dick in my class. Like, that's a badge of honor. You doing something right, girl. That's right, right. right. I mean, you doing the, we really doing the work out here. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm sure we'll have some questions, so we might have to reel you back in to answer totally. from our listeners. So be on awesome. the lookout for that. Totally. Well, thank you, ladies, so much. Have a good night. Awesome. And uh, if any of your, you know, viewers have any questions, they can email me at sextherapistjen at gmail.com or they can send them to you and you can send them to me. Like, I'm, I'm always down to, to answer follow-up questions. Absolutely. Thank you, Jen. Have a good night. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. All right. <laughs> that was an amazing conversation. I want to call, call her Dr. Jen, but I know she's not doctor. I know. It's definitely um, sex therapist Jen. We appreciate her being on the show. Something a little different and spicing it up for y'all on Fresh Mondays. Keeping Absolutely. it fresh. Absolutely. And also making a business about what is passion for you. You know what I mean? Like she said, the business found her. Sometimes things come to us and it's our calling and we don't even realize it. And you know what? You got to run with it. And look, she's doing it. Yeah, that's super inspiring and successful with it. So that's fantastic. Six successful as her shirt successful. said. Yes, successful. very cool. So that's really awesome. Um, and now our favorite part of the show called recommendations of the week. Like recommendations of the week. Yes. And this week I shall start. Go ahead. We take turns starting. Yes. Go um, ahead. Okay. So this week I have actually two recommendations. The reason I have two is because one is on topic because it's on what we were discussing. And then the other one is because I feel like if you ever have an opportunity to use your platform to promote good, do it. Yeah. Um, Okay. So my first recommendation, very quick. Um, There's a book. It's called 101 Nights of Great Sex. Um, Really cool book. It's an interactive book that you and your significant other can use. Me and my boyfriend use it. He purchased it for us. And it's really awesome. There's a section that only the man can read and a section that only the woman can read. All the pages are sealed. And when you 
finish something, you can unlock the next page and you get to go and see what's next and what's next. So it gives you instructions and you're not supposed to tell the individual what it is that it's instructing you to do. You actually just perform it. And it's, it's actually really fun and it's, and it's a good time. And I think that it's been something that has been positive for my relationship. So I would like to recommend it for everybody else. Now, that that was on topic now this is <laughs> off topic however it's a topic that's worth a conversation worth us speaking about um i saw the netflix uh show like kind of like a docu-series slash drama really cool um when they see us um i'm not sure if anyone who's seen it or hasn't seen it or is laid up on it or whatever the case may be one of my really good friends from New York, Chris, was the one who actually recommended it to me because as you guys know, I'm home a lot more than usual. So I'm looking for things to entertain me. And when I tell you that I had to take breaks in between episodes and I had to watch it and give myself a day and watch the next, it's not a binge show. I'm going to be very honest with you. This show is so heart-wrenching in some places just because you see the injustice that happens in the law system nowadays well it wasn't nowadays it was back in the 80s however things like relevance is relevant it still does happen and you know people being falsely accused for crimes that did not commit and not having the proper representation to even have a fair trial and then being sucked into a system that's designed for you to fail and doesn't allow you to have the opportunity to be a, a functioning member of society and then when you do finally get out of that system you're basically shunned yeah and when you started you were innocent i'm talking about this was just i cried i cried yeah it was just so much it made me just look at life a little differently not that i wasn't aware but it's just like wow man like you can really lose your whole life just by saying the wrong thing and just being the person that they want to target. Like it just, I, it's just so sad. And clearly it's a more relevant subject for black males than any other individuals in our society currently, but it happens to Hispanic males. It happens to men of color period. So it's just, it's a very real story. I recommend you guys to watch. And if you guys want to support change, you know, this is something that might motivate you to do so and to talk about those subjects that are uncomfortable and unhappy. And shout out to Kim Kardashian. I know people hate her and people talk a lot of shit about her, but I support Kim because Kim is doing something for the people who are not being represented. And she is actually helping with prison reform. So regardless of what your stance is and what your political beliefs are, at least she's doing something and nobody else is. Yeah. Um, I saw When They See Us when it came out. I did pretty much binge watch it. it wasn't, it was over the weekend. Um, when it first came out and that last episode is heavy. It hurts. All of it hurts. Um, it all becomes very stressful, but, and I can just imagine the trauma that those guys live through just every day, kind of having to kind of work of how their mental health in general is since that day. And it's great to see them, um, being noticed and being, Remi- reminder that this situation happens that it doesn't disappear and it, it can occur to anyone and everyone um and, sh- and with that being said the emmy nominations went out this week and the right. the um uh the one who played Corey wise was nominated he's dominican by the way is he so, yeah the he fantastic from the bronx 
fantastic. You know what? Like now we're like on you feel all it? kinds of levels. <laughs> proud of. But no, like he did a fantastic job. The one who plays Corey Wise. Oh I can't God. remember his name right now. Something Jerome. Jarrell Jerome. Moved me. He moved me. Like, Amazing. He moved but all those me. all those actors in that and then just the, the real men that they're portraying. Our hearts go out to them and their families 100%. And they have, and they actually got, let's not ruin it. Just watch it if you haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, and there's a yeah. second part where they have a conversation with Oprah, which I have not had the heart to watch yet. When, where is that at? It's on Netflix also. You'll see oh. it. I'll send you the link. Okay. There's a conversation with Oprah that I heard is even more with the actual men. That's heavy. Yeah. Um, and fairly quickly for me, on the topic of sex and teenagers, I think I was intrigued by the conversation because i've been watching the show euphoria on mm. hbo yes and that's on the list that's on the list it's on the, <laughs> it mm. is uh an hbo show it is about teens and their current in this day and age social media technology and high school um i find it interesting i found it nerve-wracking and i find it a blessing that these are adults playing teenagers because it's heavy there's a lot and you worry about what the future may look like a little bit for your kids. It is about drugs. It is about sex. It is real life that, and social media. It is, um, which I think, is which is a drug itself, mm -hmm. but it's about high school and teens and they're on a whole different level and whole different scale sometimes. So very interesting show. And that's my recommendation this week. Very and awesome. Yes. Um, we want to thank uh, the sex therapist, Jen, for being on the show. Thank you for listening to Fresh Monday's podcast and listening and tuning into episode number 69. Um, if you guys are interested in communicating with us, you can always email us at freshmondayspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on our social medias. Fresh Monday's podcast that's on every single platform. And uh, make sure to tag us, show us, and, and thank you for keep showing us love. We appreciate it. Yes. Email us with any questions you might have with for uh, sex therapist Jen, and we might have her on again to kind of answer some Q and A's. Yes, and follow me at I am Diana C. I am Diana C. Underscore, and you can follow me at Love Marley L U V M A R L E Y underscore. Thank you guys for listening again, and enjoy your Monday.